Hey everybody, it's Pastor Kay here. Another episode of Take Action. I am your host and I am so glad that we get a chance to spend these moments together. Whether you're watching this live or whether you're watching it on replay, some of you all won't see this for weeks after I'm finished, but it'll still be fresh bread when you get to it. I've got a word today from Luke chapter two, verse one through seven. And the title today, we're gonna to talk about it. I got a challenge for you, and here is the word. You've waited too long. I wanna hurry you up and force you into destiny. There is something that, that God wants you to do, and you've waited long enough. But let me tell you why we wait. One of my favorite places to go is the container store. I just like all of the gadgets and stuff they have in there. And so I was in there not too long ago and there were four lines and two of the lines were long because at this particular store they have uh, two lines at one entrance and two at the other and most people who go there don't know that there are two places you can go. So in this particular store, two of the lines were long but these two over here were empty. And so I, being taller than most people, saw over that the lines were empty. So I got out of line. And as I was getting out of the long line to go into the short line, I said to the people uh, who were in front of me, I said, um, you know, there's a line over here and it isn't that long and um, you should come. And they looked at me and they said, no, thanks. They said, we've been waiting here so long, we might as well finish because we're almost there. And when they said that, it prompted this message in my heart because it said to me that sometimes you can be so committed to your original decision that you can't receive new information. That this line over here is ready to receive them. Even though they only had one more person in front of them, there had been another way made that could reduce the weight. That's good to me. It might not be to you, but it's good to me. And, and one of the things that that revelation helped me to discover is that one of the most difficult relationships to get out of is the one between us and our opinion. I'm going to say that again. One of the most difficult relationships for any person to overcome is the relationship between them and their opinion. Some people are so dedicated to their opinion that new information is offensive even if it would lead to productivity. Now let's find it in the scripture. Luke chapter 2 verse 1 says, Now in the days, and that is in the days of Caesar Augustus, there went out a decree that a census must be taken. And the Greek word for decree is the word dogma, D-O-G-M-A, the word dogma. It's one of the few words in language um, that is spelled and pronounced the same in both Greek and English, dogma. Um, and it, it means, uh, whenever you hear somebody say dogma, it, it's a, set, a certain set of beliefs that um, 
a religion holds true. It's it is it's a tradition, if you will. It's it's an edict, an edict. It's it's a foundational truth. But in this context, uh, the word dogma, which is decree, it actually means a personal opinion issued by somebody in authority. Okay, so Caesar, who was in authority, had an opinion. I need to count all of the people. Now, he didn't want to count all of the people because he was looking to give government funds. He didn't want to count all of the people, and we know this through history, just because he wanted to better serve his constituents. He really wanted to count the people because he was looking for the Messiah, who was a threat to his authority because he knew based on all of the prophecies of Isaiah that there would become a Messiah that would come and, and Caesar would no longer be in power. So he wants to count the people. He really just wants to know where they are so he can keep a finger on them. Um, but needless to say, the context is a personal opinion issued by somebody in authority. Now, what am I saying? It's the year 2022 at the moment that I am recording this. It may be 2023 by the time you see it, 25, 30 by the time you see it. But you are going to have to move away from anything that prevents you from using your own mind. Just, just track with me here. They didn't get a chance to think can I go? Should I go? Caesar said, go. Everybody just had to get up and go and be counted. And even when they got there, the intent was not honest, but they had to go because they were a part of a regime where they could not think for themselves. They were a part of a regime that if the Caesar said go, they had to go. And I am telling you that some of us are a part of systems where our mind has gone on autopilot and we are a part of systems where our thoughts are not appreciated. Your mind isn't appreciated where you work. Some of you all are part of friend circles. Your opinion really isn't appreciated. Or, or maybe it's, it's in your family, on your job. Well, they really don't appreciate it. Not, not, not you at all, but just what you bring to the table. Does that make sense? Um, and, and I've discovered, and I want to say this congruently, that one of the key indicators that you are in the wrong place or with the wrong group of people is when your perspective is not appreciated. I'm not saying that the person in charge will go with what you said, but at least they ought to want to hear what do you have to say? We're doing a conference and I just brought in all of the people in the office in the room and said, this is what I have in mind for the conference. But what do you think? And as a result of that brain trust of people, we left out with an entirely different plan because I valued the perspectives of the people in the room. You ought to want to be places where you are appreciated. Can I, can I give you some advice? 
If you are in a place where your presence isn't appreciated, then your absence should be applied. Did you hear what I said? If you are in a place where your presence isn't appreciated, your absence should be applied. In this day and time, each Jewish man had to return to the city of his ancestors to record his name, right? Occupation. Uh, what property do you own? Are, are you in the military? Um, and then the taxes would be assessed on those basis. Not, not much different than what we experienced do, during our census here. And then the Lord gave me a revelation. Okay, so, so they would ask, what do you do for a living? Um, you know, what's the dynamics of your family? What's your name? What property do you own? And God told me that in this next season, the enemy, whoo, listen, is getting ready to attack four things. He's coming after your reputation, your occupation, your compensation, and the next generation. Let me say that again. Because I'm about to show you how to, how to, how to dodge him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you how to, how to duck this jab because he's throwing it and, and sometimes you're standing there and, and, and you're taking it. But, but you can't take all of those hits. You got to slip some of them. So I'm going to show you he's going to, He's, he's coming after your reputation, your occupation, right? Your compensation and the next generation. That's your kids. Those are the four things. And so what he does is he pretends like there's a, sen a census. He pretends like he's interested. He pretends like it's for your good, but it's the reputation occupation, compensation, and the next generation. Let me give you some scripture. Reputation, Proverbs 22 and one says a good man, a, a, a good name, Proverbs 22 and one, a good name is to be esteemed more than silver or gold. Do you know how important your name is? I, I, I can't tell you how powerful what I'm saying is because you just think your name is such and such Smith or such and such Johnson. No. Your name, okay, let me put it this way. You think you buying cheese? Craft is a name. <laughs> Do you hear me? You think, sometimes you think you're buying a product, but what you're buying is actually a name. When you go to the bank and you deposit your money into Chase, you, that's, that's not a bank, that's J.P. Morgan, that's a name. Wells and Fargo are two people's last names. If you're down here 
in 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 Texas, you go to H E B. H E B is an acronym for man's name. A name. A name. It, it's a name. You have to guard your name. It's worth silver and gold. Your name, if you watch it, will open doors for you. You should so build your name that your name becomes the key to the next lock in front of you. If your name don't mean nothing, make it mean something. I tell my daughter all the time, whenever she's doing something that I'm not proud of, I look her in the eye and say, you're a Henderson. What, that, what, that, what I'm trying to convey is, is when you hold this name, we hold ourselves to the best of our ability to a different standard. He's coming after your reputation. And why is that important? Because the Bible says that when Jesus was no longer perceived to be the son of God, he could no longer perform miracles in the town. Why? Because when they messed up his name, even though he still had miracle working power, he couldn't work the miracles because nobody respected his miracles because they had no adoration for the name. The enemy is coming after your name. He's coming after your name. Not only is coming after your name, he's coming after your reputation, but he's coming after your occupation. Second Thessalonians says, if a man don't work, he don't eat. I was reading a report the other day where it says 4.5 million people have left the job, the job force. When we go to hotels and restaurants and all of these places, people are telling me all over the country, we can't find nobody to work. There are more jobs, finally, than people. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I dare you to put your resume out there and watch the work that will find you. I'm telling you right now, I hear the Lord saying it right now, you don't have to struggle. There is, there is some work waiting on you, but you got to put yourself out there. You, you got to make a reputation for yourself as a hard worker. And I speak jobs in your direction. I speak that people will be interested in going back to work. And, and that I speak the kind of compensation where you don't have to choose whether you're going to go to work or whether you're going to have daycare, that you will make enough on the job to work and pay the daycare. I don't know who that's for. I'm speaking highly compensating, high compensation for, for you. I'm highly compensated. I don't know who somebody just type. I'm highly compensated. I'm, I'm really seeing it in the spirit. I'm highly compensated. I am making more money now than I've ever made. My tithes are now what my old check used to be. Who am I talking to? Compensation. Joshua says, after occupation, Joshua says in one and three for the compensation, he says that every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, I will give it to you just as I promised Moses. He's promising you not just a check, but land. This, you better share this message with somebody. Somebody shout, I'm a landowner. I'm not, I'm, I'm not robbing Peter to pay Paul. I'm paying Peter. I'm paying Paul and I'm paying me and I'm tithing.
reputation, occupation, compensation, generation. Joshua 24, 15 says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hebrews word, abad, it means to worship. So when Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, what he's really saying is, we are a house full of worshipers. And we're going to thank God for looking after our reputation. We're going to thank God for looking after our occupation. And we're going to thank God for looking after our compensation. And we're going to thank God for protecting the next generation. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to just start praising God in the spirit that even though the devil came after your reputation, even though he came after your occupation, even though he came after your compensation and after coming after your generation, you have began to settle down and you have begun to stop and slow down. And the Lord told me to shake you and wake you up and to tell you that you've been waiting too long, that he's got your reputation, he's got your occupation, he's got your compensation, and he's getting ready to bless the next generation. And I want you to hear me that when it's time for you to make a move, you cannot lose your ability to worship. That's why I said right now, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, not clap so, not wave so, not rock so not shout so not dance so you got it but say so i need you to type in capital letters hallelujah thank you jesus great is the lord and greatly to be praised if it were not for the lord on my side now i know the praise is getting ready to get long and you can't type all of that but if it had not been for the lord on my side i don't know where i would be they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth come on and worship him on the tuesday it, listen, if I can get this excited in an office with just a camera and a light and you, then you can do it where you are right now. I need you to begin to praise him because if it were not for God, your reputation would be done. Your compensation would be done. It would, your, your, listen, your, your occupation, they would have fired you and God knows he's been coming after the next generation. But I decree and I declare a hedge of protection around your name, your job, your family, your money your bank account I decree and declare that God's about to make moves in every area of your life when the woman at the well asked Jesus um, where should the Jews worship Jesus said the day will come when you shall neither worship in Jerusalem or on this mountain Jesus was letting her know, oh God, I, I'm, I can't take it, y'all. I, I, I love the word of God. Let me say it again because I'm excited. He says, said, Lord, she says, Lord, where shall the Jews worship? Jesus said to her, he said, the day is going to come where you will no longer worship in Jerusalem nor on this mountain. In other words, there's going to come a day where Jews are going to worship me in other places. And then the Lord said, tell the people that worship is portable. That you can take your worship everywhere you go. It doesn't matter where. It doesn't matter when. Now was the time 
that they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So why did I tell you to worship him now? Because worship is portable. If you're in your car, you can do it. If you're in the grocery store, you can do it. If you're at work, you can do it. You don't have to be loud. Some of y'all need to just stump your feet under the table. I know you at a business meeting right now and you got the headphones in your ear and can't nobody tell what you're doing or perhaps you looking like you paying attention but you're actually listening to me, maybe not looking at the screen or perhaps you're cooking in the kitchen and, 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 and you're just using this to stay steady and stay balanced. I don't care what you're doing right now, but it is time to worship. I want you to thank him. God, thank you for guarding my reputation. Thank you that I didn't lose this occupation. Thank you that no matter how they tried to underpay me, somehow you made my compensation enough. And those children that you gave me that I'm always worried about, thank you that you have a protection for the next generation. It's time for you to make a move because God's about to multiply every one of those four areas in your life. Your name is about to be bigger than it has ever been. You're about to be paid more than you've ever paid. Your title is about to be above the one that you have right now. And your children are about to rise up and call you blessed. I need some worshipers right there to begin to thank God. That's right. You ought to worship him. And you can't worry about Caesar and what his plan is for the census. Because the Bible says that when Caesar gave out his prediction about the census, Mary and Joseph showed up. Well, isn't that ironic? That Joseph, being where he's from, would mean that Mary and Joseph would have to go to the town where the father was from. And Isaiah prophesied that he must be Jesus of Nazareth, born in Bethlehem. The line of where Joseph was, oh, and by the way, Joseph is married to David, uh, excuse me, related to David, who would later be the king of Israel, who would later be known, Jesus himself, as the son of David. Do, do you see why it's time for you to make a move? The table has been set for you to make a move. Mary said, be it unto me according to thy word. She was saying that everything in her life from this point on was a part of the fulfillment of the destiny that God had put on her life. And, and, and I want to tell you something, Caesar didn't have the right intentions, but let me tell you something, Caesar, as evil as, his, as he was, his intentions thrusted Mary into position. Do you know that God is so powerful that, that your enemies will plot and their plot that was meant to destroy you will thrust you into position? It will bring you before the people who need to make the decisions for you to make the right decisions for your life. The Bible says that when Caesar told her to come and, and sent out that census, the Bible says she was great with child. I mean, she was in the last trimester, her feet were swollen, her back was hurting. And the Lord told me to tell you this. He said, Keon, tell the people, you will most often always be asked to move when it is uncomfortable for you. 
can't give birth where you are. Can't give birth where you are. Write this down. I'm going to flow in the spirit. I'm done. God said, position over pain. I want you where I want you. When I want you. And I'll use Caesar to get you there if I have to. I'll use a family reunion to get you to the place where you, to, where you get close to the person you should have apologized to over the phone a year ago. I'll let you run into him in the mall if I have a divine appointment. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give him a job at the next place you're going to shop at if, if, if I need you to make a move. I'll make him your in-law so you can't avoid it when it's time for you to make a move. Hear the word of the Lord. It's time for you to make a move. Because if you stay where you are, the enemy has an attack for your reputation. Occupation, compensation, and generation. You got to pack up and move. And that ain't always in the physical. Some of y'all have been so emotionally still that your, your emotions are in the last relationship even though your body is in the next one. Everybody tight. Move on. God, in the name of Jesus, I told him what you told me to tell him. Now allow them to hear ye the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I never like to let you go without giving you an opportunity to sow. The Bible says, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. You have to give if you want to receive. I give you the opportunity now to release, thank you, Holy Spirit, the gift that God is giving you right now so that you can move on to the next financial level. It's even time for you to move on financially. Like, even if you make good money, it's time for you to make better money. Yeah, I speak raises on your job. Not as a result of the supervisor's assessment of your skill set. Not only that but by the seed and the divine appointment and the will of God. It is the Father's good pleasure, according to the scripture, that you would enjoy the benefits of the kingdom. I speak prosperity. They're gonna put all the ways you can give up on the screen right now. You can text to give, give on our app. If you're Lighthouse 2.0, you can give through Givelify. Make sure you click take action, that's how you 
bless this ministry. I speak God's grace and peace over your life. Till we shall meet again, I love you. Ain't nothing you can do about it. I'll see you next time. What an amazing time we had in the service today. The word was phenomenal. Listen, if you haven't had an opportunity to join our church, the information is on the screen. We want to connect with you. Or maybe you're saying, hey, I just want to sow a seed into what they're doing right there at the Lighthouse Church. Well, listen, the information is also down on the screen. We want to help you connect to a greater mission. Listen, I want to pray with you because the word today, I know has settled in someone's spirit. It's changing your life. So come on, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just want to say thank you just for everything that was said today. God, we thank you, Lord, for all the ears and the hearts that received this word because we know that you're channeling them and transferring them and pushing them into a new dimension in you. God, we just want to ask, God, that you lift them up. Whatever the issue is in life, we pray, God, that you deal with it and work it out right now. God, we just want to say thank you. All these blessings we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we can't wait to connect with you. Remember, share this message. Share this on, on every platform you have. Someone needs to hear this word. We love you. Can't wait to see you again. Bye-bye. What's going on, family? If you're watching this video, you've already decided that you feel my vibe. You already have decided that you like something about the Lighthouse Church. And guess what? We are looking for people to minister to who look just like you, who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who believe he is the sustainer and creator of the world. And we use this social media internet platform to spread the gospel all across the world. And that includes coming directly into your house. Lighthouse 2.0 is simply a group of people who say, you know what? We either can't make it to the sanctuary or we don't live in the city, but we love the ministry that is coming out of that house. And guess what? We view you as one of our own. So I want you to tag, text, or tweet anybody you know that needs to hear a word from God. Share this thing so that way we can actually be in line with the Great Commission. Going ye therefore into all the world, teaching people about Jesus Christ. Lighthouse 2.0. That means that you are a part of our family and you are friends that we have never met, but soon hope we can. Oh, and by the way, can I tell you what I tell all of the people who stand in line? Give me 1% of your trust. I'll earn the other 99. Give me one year of your life and God will change it. God bless you, Lighthouse 2.0. I'll see you hopefully online or in person.